1: All right, welcome back to the OC, the Osteo Connection. Happy to be your host today, Jason Turnbull, here with my partner, Dr. Sean Landry. We are one short of our normal triple cohort with Kevin on holidays, as per usual. <laughs> we are very excited to have a guest with us today, uh, by the name of jean Zizzo. So, thank you for joining us. Uh, we heard about jean Viev through the integration symposium that we are all going to be attending and lecturing at this coming October 22nd, I believe it is, uh, in Hamilton. Um, So jean Viev, thank you for joining us.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you guys here today and on October 22nd. It's going to be a great day.
1: Yes, well, once we saw the list of speakers, we thought, hey, why not reach out? you know, say hi, get a chance to meet each other before we do so officially in October, and you know, just learn more about each other. And it's always exciting meeting, you know, fellow osteopaths that are, you know, looking for ways to, you know, to empower and educate their communities. And and we always think it's so much fun to hear other people and their stories and, you know, how they got involved and where they see their practice going. So we're looking forward to doing that again today. So Why don't we start with that? Why don't you tell us a little bit about your your background? What got you into osteopathy and and kind of that path to kind of where you are currently?
2: Right. Well, I mean, I feel like me getting osteopathy was definitely some like divine intervention in my life. Um, I started going down the road of wanting to be a medical doctor. So I was going to the University of Waterloo um, to... uh, to medical school was really my aim and my goal initially but while I was in university I kind of became much more aware of what that would entail and what a medical practice might look like and I realized that it wasn't as aligned with the things that I like and the things that I wanted to do. I really like hands-on one-on-one connection and um, I did a lot of volunteering and was in the co-op program in university, so I had a number of hands-on clinical working experiences, and I realized I really inter- enjoyed the interaction um, with people one-on-one. Um, I really loved anatomy; anatomy just got me so excited, and I was working with the varsity rugby team at the University of Waterloo, and there was um, an osteopath working out of the student clinic there. So I just kind of like followed him around, shadowed him, and I was just so amazed to see the results that he was getting with people within, you know, one or two treatments, um, just using manual techniques. And that just really opened my eyes to this. A whole new profession I had never even heard of and and quite frankly even discounted as as valid because I hadn't really heard much about it um so that was kind of one of the ways in but then um also while I was in university I was uh um, hit by a car while I was riding my bike, and I had some pretty terrible back pain that came with that um, for quite a long time. And I had seen a lot of different people. And um, after learning so much about osteopathy, working with it with the through the student clinic, um, I decided to go see an osteopath myself and was just amazed at the difference and the change that it made. Um, and it wasn't just short-term change. It was long-term sustained change and it was like a light bulb moment I was in my sketchy student apartment on the floor sitting there checking out some information on one of the schools and I turned to my boyfriend at the time and I was like I think I'm gonna be an osteopath he's like I don't know what that is but that's cool and uh nothing changed Uh, I just I just went full steam ahead for that direction and um I'm really glad I did it really aligns with who I am and the things that I believe in and um I'm really glad this was the career I chose so
0: (laughs) you have a background in massage therapy as well right
2: yes oh well that's that's a funny story (laughs) I I took um the diploma program in massage therapy because when I was looking into osteopathic colleges um that most of them required that you have some kind of healthcare profession um, associated uh, so that you would have insurance coverage while you're going through school. So um, I only had my undergrad degree at the time um, and long story short, it was not transferable to any other kind of regulated profession. And I knew that I really, really wanted to get into osteopathy and when I looked at the other options you know, I love that massage was really hands on, uh, that the program is one that could be condensed. So I could do a condensed program. So I actually did my last year of massage therapy and my first year of osteopathy at the same time, because um, I was super keen and I really, really, really wanted to do it. So um, I was one of those like, whatever it takes, I'm doing it. So I did practice a little bit in massage, um, but, you know, having already had my first year of osteo under my belt, a lot of my treatments um, really geared more towards, you know, soft tissue kind of manipulation um, under the scope of massage therapy when I was a massage therapist, of course. Um, So I, yeah, I, I did both for a little bit and I taught in massage therapy college too.
1: Right on. Yeah. Nice. And then, so how, so I don't, I didn't look. So when did you graduate from osteo? Like how long you've been in your practice now?
2: Um, Well, I technically opened up my practice before I was um, an osteopathic practitioner uh, as as I was a massage therapist. Um, So I opened uh, 13 years ago this month, actually. Um, So... Um, I moved to a brand new city. I had just finished, um, massage therapy college and I graduated officially from osteopathic college, uh, in 2013. Yes,
0: that's right. <laughs> 2013. So 10 years ago. And you're in Kin- Kingston now, right? Yes. Where- I live in Kingston. Where are you originally from? Um,
2: funny enough, I'm originally from Hamilton, um, <laughs> but I, I, the Hamilton area, um, And I never really, that's actually where I ended up going to school for uh, my osteopathic education, but totally not intentionally. I actually lived in Kingston while I was going to school in Hamilton, so I did a lot of commuting. Um, But uh, yeah, I was totally new to the city of Kingston. Um, We moved here so that my husband could go back to school. And yeah, it, it was just such a great fit. We loved the city. Um, there wasn't a lot of osteopathic practitioners when I moved here. There still isn't a lot of osteopathic practitioners here, um, but I really love servicing Eastern Ontario. Um, I love being by the water. I just love the location and it's just a great place to live a great lifestyle. So
1: Kingston's got to be one of the best, like, I, love, I don't know, I unknown this. gems around. It's on the The Thousand Islands, for anyone who doesn't know, it's right on the St. Lawrence River, halfway between kind of Montreal and Toronto. Thousand Islands are such a beautiful area. The summertime in Kingston is amazing. I ended up living about an hour east from you for a while. My first practice, I lived in Brockville, which is just further down the St. Lawrence. And um, the water is so accessible, right? There's so many areas where you can just be by the water and walk by the water. It's fantastic. And there's something very healing and, and uh, natural being around bodies of water like that so I can definitely place where you are and just uh, appreciate the beauty that Kingston has to offer it's unreal like that
2: well thank you yeah it is a little it's a super random spot <laughs> to me and there's not you know there's not much between Toronto and Montreal but I can literally see the water from my office building so um, it's right there and th- that's just incredible for me so I love that
0: yeah. I always stop in Kingston. We always, my, I take a family trip every year to Prince Edward County. So with my kids, Sandbanks. And so we always stop in Kingston on our way through. Um, but yeah, I love Kingston. Yeah. It's such a great city.
2: It is. Yeah, it is. It's got, I think we have like the most like restaurants per capita or something like that. Like we have a, solid, amazing food scene. There's always kind of like festivals going on. It's just a really family friendly and just socially friendly community to be in. So um, yeah, it took a little while to break into the community and share about osteopathy though. You know, it was certainly very unknown when I got here and Uh, again, still is not super, super well known, but it has certainly grown over uh, the last decade of my practice. And, um, and it's exciting to see such a large interest in osteopathy that continues to grow over the years, um, as more and more people learn about it as more and more people find out about what osteopathic practitioners can offer.
0: Tell us a bit about your practice. Then, what do you? you yeah, because
1: for you to come right out of school and start your practice right away is is impressive. Because most, like, okay. I, I would, I would think that most people maybe are an associate or an independent elsewhere first, kind of get their feet wet, right? Get an idea of maybe what they enjoy from the practice they're working in, and maybe certain things they'd want to modify to put into their own. But for you to do it right away, like, how did that go? Like Sean was saying, and, and how did you kind of, um expand the uh, the awareness of osteopathy in Kingston, like you said, when there's not that many practitioners there?
2: I mean, well, I think what you don't know, you don't know.
1: <laughs> so when you're,
2: I was like 23 and I was like, yeah, I can rent a building, I could rent a space. Sure. I guess I could do this. Um, it was one of my osteopathic mentors that suggested he's like, why don't you just get your own space and rent out space to other people? And I was like, I guess I could do that. And I, I don't know, it just all kind of aligned really quickly. I found the right space. Um, it was the right price. And um, I don't, I definitely didn't know what I was signing up for. Um, <laughs> there's definitely been a lot of learning that has happened in the last 13 years that I never would have imagined, but owning a practice has been the biggest and greatest catalyst to my own personal development um having a business has just you know really forced me to challenge myself outside of my comfort zone beyond just you know having kind of an unknown practice learning to market it learning to connect with other people but then um also learning some of the harder parts of my business like how to do all the legal stuff for business how to Um, bring in other practitioners, what that looks like, what models work. I've gone through lots of different models. Um, I've tried lots of different things and I've worked with lots of different people and um, all of it has been such a massive growth catalyst for me as just as a person, as a human, as a practitioner uh, and as a business owner. Uh, So yeah, it, it kind of just evolved from, hey, I'm moving to this new city I might as well start my own thing to um, what it's turned into over the last uh 13 years, which we now have osteopaths that we have recruited internationally, um, multidisciplinary clinic. I have, I went from like a tiny to room clinic with literally 600 square feet and like two offices and a bathroom to um you know a, a, over 2200 square feet and seven offices and a studio space. So um it's certainly had quite an evolution over the years um and it's been uh, a very um roller coaster journey for a lot of it. Um uh, but the one thing that's been solid for, for me, like, of course, all these lessons come in as far as you grow and you get to your next level of expansion, there's more challenges that come in and more things you have to work through. Um, but for me, the, the thing that's just been the most solid is the, the pure aspect of osteopathy is, is the practice of osteopathy. Um, for me, I think that the thing that makes people most successful in terms of marketing and advertising is things that really connect with them, um, things that really kind of use their skill and abilities the most so for me i really like to connect with people i i'm comfortable speaking to other people um so i did a lot of talks um at local business groups i did a lot of um different networking events i networked so so hard when i first got started and not in like networking here take my card and come see me more just like hey meeting new people, I was new to a city, um, making like genuine, authentic connections with other human beings and they would get to know me and they would understand a little bit what I do or, you know, their mom would fall down a flight of stairs and said, hey, is this something you could help with? I know we met a little while ago and and it just kind of evolved organically from there. Um, so that's kind of how I started to get known and, and really just treating every single patient like my number one patient and giving them the very best of what I could offer. So making sure they were really well educated in what osteopathy is, how it can help them, how um, I would look to support them, um, giving them good resources if they needed good resources, giving them great referrals if osteopathy wasn't working for them. And I think that really honest approach is what has created um, a lot more um, awareness in my community around osteopathy and awareness of like okay if you do have something that's going on physically like try these guys they're they're, they're gonna take care of you they're gonna do the best that they can and um, they really care about your outcomes and they care to support you the whole way through whatever whatever you're dealing with and finding a solution and I always tell my patients you know I'm happy to support you whether it's with me or someone else it doesn't matter my my goal is to help you find the level of health that you would like to be living in that you would like to be experiencing and osteopathy works really amazing for so many people and I hope that they are the ones that are going to receive all the benefit from it. Um, but also being like really honest and upfront with people if you know they're not quite getting where they want to get to for whatever reason just doesn't align for them at the time. they have other commitments in their life. there's other things happening in their 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 domains and spheres. Um, yeah, creating that really like real connection with people is how I really grow. Um, and grew to the size and the practice that we are today.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, I like that connection. That, that to me, makes so much sense to us. Right. That's what we, uh, we help people see, is the ability to connect, right? And the ability to, you said, you can't be everything to everyone. So just but being someone that can help point someone in the right direction, whether it be with you or one of your practitioners or someone down the road, right? We're here to help people, which is the main thing. And, uh, I love what you said about networking. That's we're big on that. Just meeting people authentically, like you say, from the heart open to, to start conversations with people, um, and find out about them. Right. And then in return, right. They will want to find out about you. And, uh, and that's pretty amazing. How many practitioners do you have uh, with you at the, uh, at the clinic. Yeah, seven seven offices. Anyway. Seven offices. So we have
2: seven offices. We're in a little we're in a little bit of a flux right now. But um, so currently we have myself and three other osteopathic practitioners here, and we do have an acupuncturist who's on maternity leave right now in the moment. So
1: um probably in a state of flux too, and Matt leaves, and that's that's just part of the part of the equation, right? Is when you have multidisciplinary stuff. I find it sick, it's it's funny when you talk, it's like to me, you're talking like, there's no surprise to me that your business got busy because you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Like you said, your passion, you're in that state of flow. And when we're in that state of flow, things come easy, mm-hmm. right? Doing what's best for, first of all, for us so that we're at our best and we can give that off. That's when that's when the ability to receive and, and to get people and, and life is, gives us abundance all the time. And the more we're kind of really resonating with who we truly are, It's not a struggle, right? You get in that flow and and things happen. And it's, it's why it's funny because we're doing, we'll talk about the integration symposium coming up, but, you know, during COVID, when we were like, well, how do we still stay in contact a with our patients and clients in our area? And how do we stay connected to other osteopaths? There's no platforms for this kind of stuff. We were trying to kind of brainstorm about what else can we do? Like, I wish every person in Montreal could receive osteopathic care because like you, like, I don't know about you. When I grew up, I went to university at 19 years old, I'd never even heard of osteopathy before. Like I didn't know anything about it. So when we were trying to think of what else could we do, it's why we started our MBO program because our school had a way of saying like, don't worry, you know, once you're finished, you're going to be, a, there's going to be a lineup at your door, right? Yeah. Don't, worry, once you learn the fifth year, you'll, you'll be a lineup at your door, but it's, it's not really true, right? It, you have to meet people and network and communicate. And so we started our post-grad course for osteopaths were very different because Quite often we take all of these technique courses, right? And mm-hmm. how to decide, yes, and those courses are fantastic. And it's nice to have those as part of our repertoire, but we were trying to help in another, in another way saying, How do we get people in front of an osteopath? How do you market yourself so that you can be successful? How do you get people in your office so they can receive that care? And a lot of us, like what you had just said to us is through networking and communication and education and empowerment. Being authentic. Being authentic. Who you
0: are as a practitioner, right?
1: But also what we're not taught in our programs, right? Our programs are amazing for what they teach us. I'm not trying to say they're not, but they don't really teach us how to be a business owner. They don't teach us the ins and outs of like, oh man, what are my overhead costs? And if I bring in someone else, what does that mean for my cost basis? So, and and if you can get people to be successful in business, then in our way we look at it, then you can get people in the community to receive your care. And it's, yeah. it's hearing you speak, it's like, hmm, I kinda wanna get treated. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it's such a, like, it's such a big piece. I actually, I mean, I don't think we talked about this earlier, but um, I'm actually um, just putting out a course for later this September. Um, it's just a, it's a smaller course, but it's, um, it's called the osteopathic principles of business. And I've literally taken the four core principles of osteopathy and applied it to like running your own practice. Cause I think that is the case. Like so many people come out of school and, you know, I think, um, you just get it in your head, like, I'm just going to come out of school and I'm going to make six figures. And this is, it's, everyone's going to be lined up at my door and this is what it's all going to look like. But I, that's really not the case. Like there's, there's so many other aspects to it. And like, I feel like the business part really gets like pushed aside because it's like this idea that, well, you're the osteopath and everyone will come fawning over you. And like, that's a really nice idea. But I mean, people don't know what you do. Like it doesn't really matter how good or how skilled you are. And even like, I know some amazing osteopaths who aren't all that, you know, business busy because the business part is a real challenge for them. But I think that people need to understand there's more than one way to do business. Like networking works really well for me. Other people, it's writing. They might like to write. They might like to blog. They might like to do those kinds of things. But I also agree, like the, um, I, I love that you guys take that mindset approach because I think that the one thing that, business just ignited for me was better understanding mindset, was better understanding like how you think and how you approach a business and and how you show up. And then the more alignment that you are in, the more it will show up in your business. So even though I can say we're a little bit in flux right now, it's because I'm getting more in alignment. I'm more in alignment with who I am. I'm more in alignment with the osteopathic practitioner. I want to be the osteopathic practitioner that I am becoming. And um, my team is is reflecting that. And I think that's also another important thing too. I think we get this idea of like success has to look like, you know, you've got this fully stacked clinic all the time, busy, 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 money coming in, money coming out from the business side. Um, that's what success looks like. But I've learned that that's not really, for me, that's not what success is. Success is feeling relaxed, success is feeling good at work, success is feeling connected to the staff, connected to my patients, connected to the process of how we're caring for each one of the patients coming through the door. And that is so much more important than you know the KPIs and the spreadsheets and numbers for me. So it's different for everyone, but that's that's for me, it, it's the feels, I'm all about how it all feels and, um, and not getting too knocked off kilter if something is shifting or something is moving and not seeing it as like, oh, I'm a terrible business owner or oh, you know, I, I just am not doing a good enough job. It's not that at all. It's just things are realigning, they're resetting and they're rebalancing and recalibrating to meet that kind of inner alignment that you are now at that you have now grown into so things match up that way if that
0: makes sense it's funny how you mentioned the four principles we as you were as you were talking before when you were first you know showing your path and and it just that's what i thought it was like the principles of osteopathy represent business life right and um you know, you said, you, you said, you don't know what you don't know. That's one of my favorite, one of my favorite terms. We're going to make Sean a t-shirt that says that. (laughs) He says it constantly.
2: You don't know what you don't know. That's for sure.
0: As you start down the path, right, like you say, and you start to see clear, you start to see things that are in alignment with who you're meant to be, who you're meant to serve, and you start to see that all these things do parallel themselves, right, it's the same process and right if things are off a little bit, well sometimes it takes time for you know the the system to normalize post treatment right, and so Uh, I love that idea, you know, that we've done, we've done a few podcasts on that, that idea, the principles of osteopathy, because they represent its life, right? It is life. And, um, you know, when you look at it from a a holistic perspective, and you try to see these things through that lens, uh, it's very applicable. And most of us osteopaths can understand, understand it, right? Because we've done it before. We do it with our patients every day, right? So that's awesome. I love that idea. Hey guys, it's Sean, Kevin, and Jason here from osteomentorship.com. Today we'd like to tell you about the Masters in Business for Osteopaths. It's an eight week live interactive online program empowering you with a solid business framework to build your practice fuller and faster with confidence.
1: This live interactive program is a pivotal business training program developed by osteopaths for osteopaths that will challenge you to execute at your
0: highest level. Your MBO bridges the gap between your formal education and real life practice success. Please visit us at osteomentorship.com forward slash MBA. Yeah,
2: they're really principles to live by. They're principles of nature. They're, you know, and I think that's what it really means to be like an embodied practitioner for it not to just to be the work that you do, because it's not just the work that you do. It's who you become. It's who you start. You start to see these connections, you know, like, how should I approach this situation with my landlord? Am I going direct or indirect? You know, how how, how am I going to approach these um, problems of my life? But how is it all interconnected? How does, you know, um, where I'm at going to reflect out and impact the outcomes? And what can I do to get to more in alignment to get me to the better or to the outcome that I would prefer while also releasing that, attachment to what I would prefer because sometimes um, other more spectacular options come along and come around when you're open to them and not so tunnel visioned on everything just working one way or being one way.
1: Yeah life doesn't work like that. You've got to be able to evolve and and ride the waves like Sean was saying like you're saying right you got to things happen for a reason and and you have to have the mindset and the clarity and spend the time actually thinking about it and and then having that positive outlook and, and understanding how that works. And, the, you know, as we do that, the more we can do that ourselves and share that with our clients, you can just see how that we call it the ripple effect of how much you can spread that in your community and make hopefully the whole area a better area to be in, right. The same areas that we work in, we're living in as well. So it's nice that we can spread that wave and, and share that, that importance of mindset and the importance of, of connection and, and how much, how people think, um, how much that affects their health, right? I mean, we've said this so many times over the years too. Or someone come in and saying, "Well, you know, my back it's it's still sore, it's, but it's it's always going to be this way." And I remember when I first started practicing, I'm like, "Oh, okay." I kind of let it go, and then after a while, I'm like, I'd start to call them on. I'm like, "Yeah, no, you're probably right. I think your back's never going to get better." And They're like, "Excuse me?" <laughs> I said, well, "I think you're right. I, I don't think your back's going to get better." And they're like, "Well, why are you saying that?" I said, "Well, I'm just trying to say it as a shock value because you're coming in telling me every time you come in for treatment that it's never going to get better." So I'm going to confirm with you today that if that's how you're feeling, you're right. It won't, but you know, they can have back pain for three months and all of a sudden be like, Oh, you know, I tell them like how long you had back pain for? Well, it's been three months. They're 45 years old. And I kind of show them like, well, if you had no back pain before and you just had three months of it, I can understand it's like a, you know, an invasion of privacy. It's hard to overcome, but there's no reason you can't go back to having no back pain again. But if you keep thinking that way, it won't happen. And you can, you know, you can just see them kind of open their eyes because we're not, not everyone's usually in tune with that way of thinking. So the more that's what we love about osteopathy, the more we can make them aware of that and how powerful that is into into their day-to-day life. It's that's the beauty of osteopathy. It's crazy.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I think the, the kind of common thread here is it just eliminates the fear right? I think the number one thing that people come in with when they're coming in in pain is like, as soon as people experience pain, it's like this like demon takes over them where they're just like, oh, it's going to be like this for the rest of my life. If it's not fixed right away, it, I'm just done. I'm just done. I'm 42. It's over. Like it, I, I'm broken now. And if no one can fix it, it's we're, we're screwed. Right. And they get like this fear. And my favorite thing to say to people when they come in is I was like, listen, I've been doing this for like a long time. And I can assure you that i have never not once seen a single person who has come in with pain that has not changed one iota at all over time like it's just not possible because we're always in flux and we're always in change right it will change it will shift We can guide how it changes, we can guide how it shifts, and sometimes we can even accelerate that process quite exponentially. But I think reminding people that like the immediate pain that they're feeling, because they're in such a reactive mode and letting them know that, you know, as someone who sees people in pain pretty regularly, that it's okay if you're in pain this is just your body communicating with you. Um, and same same thing in, in life and business. Like this is just your business communicating with you. This is just, you know, the world, the universe communicating with you that, you know, we might need to try something new or we might need a different approach or we might need to apply some different techniques, whether they be osteopathic or business techniques or life techniques or mindset techniques, you know? Um, and then it also takes the fear out of the business to a certain extent as well like it's not so urgent that the person take your job offer it's not so critical that the person stay on your team it's not so important that you have something filled if you trust that it's all kind of unfolding the way that it should and i think the real flex is being able to stay calm and cool throughout that as opposed to having the being on that roller coaster having the super high highs and super high lows you can find that kind of middle ground so that even the times that would normally feel like a big dip or a big low can can actually be a really enjoyable time. You can still have 10 out of 10 days when you're you're, you know, walking with more calm and more confidence and like this is a process. this is a process of alignment. And same thing with our patients, right? You can still have a 10 out of 10 day when you're when you're in pain you can still have moments in your life that feel incredible and beyond what you get to experience in the ordinary even with the pain there like it's it's still possible and I think bringing that into people's awareness for healing for business for just life in general is is part of um the role that I, I I assume as the practitioner and, and part of a responsibility I feel to, to just sharing those seeds, right? They will hopefully grow for some people if that aligns for them. I'm not saying everyone has to think like me, but um, I like to sow those seeds and just remind people that like, you know, what is this communicating back to you? How does this integrate with your story, with where you're at physically, mentally, emotionally, business-wise, whatever? Um, what is this reflecting back to you? And um, that I think is really empowering uh, because otherwise we're just getting tossed around on the roller coaster. So,
1: that makes me, so go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I, that makes me think of your, I remember, you know, when we booked your, your, your call to discuss, I was looking over your website. I think I had mentioned to that to you before when we were off air, like, and you offer a bunch of these courses, right? To, on the side. And it kind of, Ooh, that kind of intrigued me as I was like, oh, that's something we've always thought about trying to do. And, you know, just trying to find where are we are going to fit this in outside of the podcast and our program we offer and work and family life. But that's something we've always been interested in is these courses that we can give to our clients as well and group courses or individuals. So tell me about those, like how, how long have you been running programs like that in your clinic? Like how, how'd you get them started? Like what, what, what made you go down that path?
2: Um, well, it's something I've been considering for a long time. Um, I love to travel. I like adventure. I like learning. I love like learning and growth. For me, is is like it's part of my fire. Like it, it gets me excited. I'm always wanting to learn new things and understand how they connect. And and without harping too much on the principles, but bringing them back to those principles that I know and live by and understand. Um, so I have various areas that, um, intersect in terms of my interests. Um, COVID obviously was a big changer when we were all closed down for long periods of time. That was, you know, pretty uncomfortable period of time. So, um, I just tried some things. The first course that I ran was a year long self-care program. Um, I learned a lot of things running it, um, and also, it was it was kind of like a education process for me as it was my first kind of official course. I think I ran that in. Um, throughout the whole year of 2022. Yeah, so I ran it all of 2022. Um, and I learned a lot about like online platforms and um, how to make courses. But I also learned a lot about like what was being well received, what, you know, didn't really seem to resonate much with people. You know, I really started down this path of like, I wanna over give and I wanna give so much in terms of material and content. And that was super overwhelming for a number of people. And I think that meant that my messages got really diluted and the experience got a little bit diluted because I was just throwing so much out there to an audience that didn't necessarily have the the commitment or the structure to commit because I didn't create it because I didn't know how to do that. So there's been a lot of trial and error, and then I recently released um, my first professional course um, for um, osteopathic practitioners called Emotional Anatomy, and that one came out of my real big interest in seeing the connections in my patients beyond just their physical ailment or their physical structural problems. And it's been something that I have observed for many years and have talked you know, gently about because there's some people who are in the osteopathic world that are just very like, needs to be at this angle and it, you know, spinal mechanics are, are the only thing we go by. And I mean, I gotta be honest, when I first started in osteopathy, I so badly wanted it to be like this super precise medicine of like, if I only go to this degree and to this degree, it's gonna create this result and I'm gonna consistently get this result. Um, but over the years, i realized that that just was not the case. And I started to get, again, speaking of, I mean, I'm a universe person. I'm trying to talk about the universe, but feeling like the universe was sending me lessons of like, I would just get these cohorts of people coming in with very similar conditions, um, and very similar life circumstances and very similar life challenges. And it really got me thinking, oh, there might be something here. There might be something, connected to this um, beyond just the physical pain that they're experiencing. So I started to like look into other areas of study, started to learn more, you know, esoteric or energetic knowledge, which I would have completely said you would be crazy to think that I would ever get into like 13 years ago when I first started. So it was a really big shift and a really big change, but it's because that's where my practice led me. I uh, you know people share so much on the table they have such a it's such a um it's such an honor to get to hold space for people in an osteopathic treatment because you are just having so many conversations with them I speak a lot to my clients I know some practitioners aren't super chatty with their clients but I I do have conversations with a lot of my patients uh, unless it's part of my treatment and I don't and and I know to pull back on, on the conversation piece, but um, I I engage them in conversation. And then while they're talking about things, just feeling how their body changes, feeling how they respond, and then asking them questions and seeing how, you know, their pain correlates to an emotional experience or the other things that, they're, that are happening in their life beyond just in their physical body really um, made a lot of very interesting connections for me. And I realized that in the more like traditional osteopathic world um, right now. Cause I mean, I think back when it was first developed, it was much more of a, you know, osteopathy is very holistic and spiritual and physical and mental. Um, but I recognize that that's not as available in, in our field and um, it's not as spoken about as the more quantifiable things like this is a disease process these are the ways that we can treat it and I think we're really missing the mark if we continue to just keep treating all the physical elements only in a physical plane only in a physical way and we don't consider you know what else is contributing here what other factors in this person's life is contributing to this body because this is not just a physical body this is a physical emotional and mental body all here all at once all at the same time so um seeing that there was not that much available um really got me to um decide that i was just going to go for it and take the knowledge uh, that I have learned from doing other classes and other courses and um, making my own and seeing who was into it. And for me, honestly, I was excited if like two people signed up and that was not at all the case. Um, It was a really um, very well received. So that makes me even more excited to um, create more um, that's on my heart and create more of what aligns for me and, and trust that the right people will pick it up and, and, Finding deadlines for them if that's
0: what they're looking for. Uh, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. That's exactly where I was going. Or oh, Jason cut me off there. No, but that uh, was exactly. Uh, I, I was just I loved your. Well, you had you had mentioned early on when you were uh, describing your passion how you got you know how what led you to osteopathy. But you talked about anatomy, and just the title of your upcoming talk at the symposium is the anatomy of thinking and healing. Right, with your course, the emotional anatomy. I believe you called it. Yeah, yeah
2: emotional anatomy. Yeah.
0: I love that. Um, no, you're you're exactly right. I mean, we live in the physical body. We, we experience in the emotional, and um, I always joke with my patients. Just sometimes, you know, if we're listening and things are changing, I just said better out than in. And I remember I had a mentor that used, used to laugh. He said, whether it's gas or emotions, you know, if you let it, you know, if it festers and brews, it'll it'll create, you know, it'll wreak havoc on on the systems, and it might not, you know, you might be able to you know, not go there for a little bit, but eventually you have to go there. So, um, I think, you know, just when we look at bringing a scope of practice, you know, bringing something to, to market, you know, all the schools and stuff, you know, they've had to over the course of time, kind of like find their lane. And, it, and it is a shame because, you know, as, as, you know, in being in service and, and, you know, as healers, there are so many levels to healing. So yeah. I, I think you're right on. It's, uh, it's definitely worth, uh, worth, worth, just planting seeds and, and opening people's ears and eyes to that and, and then having tools available. So that's awesome. I'm, I'm excited to, uh, I didn't know you had a, you had a course going, so I'd love to hear more about that as well. That's awesome.
2: Sure. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah, I just think that it's, what osteopathy have just taught me more than anything is just we are so much more than just a bag of bones, you know, like we are so much more than than just flesh and skin and anatomy. And as much as I love the anatomy, as much as I think the anatomy is so cool, and um, it, it's we are so much more than that. And that gets me excited. That gets me excited to work with people because, sure, you can hammer away at low back pain for weeks months I mean realistically years for some people um without them having much change but if you can open up their ideas to what might be really causing this what what else could be a factor beyond just the the bone or the joint or the the physical part that they stay so fixated on it's fascinating it is fascinating when you bring in another facet that they can consider even just think about even just putting that idea in their head um i think can be extremely powerful on someone's journey and um yeah i i think it's a it's a real privilege and an honor to get to hold that space for people and and treating it with um also all of the respect that it deserves of you know sharing things from a from a good place in your heart and knowing that um, it'll be received however it needs to be received from the person on their healing journey and also taking that pressure off me to produce an outcome for them to take the pressure off me from like making them better right because it's not like it's both of us doing the work together right it's it's together
1: Oh yeah, we can't. We stress out every day. You can't say that enough. Like, I, no one wants that person that just lays there and says, "Fix me." It doesn't work like that at all. And and the more you can come with a plan together, a treatment plan, and, and talk and discuss, and um, you know, there's obviously we are the the orchestrator, right? We have to to help and 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 to get them to see and become aware and visualize that path. But certainly, it's so important to have them involved in it along that pathway, or else it's just becomes stressful and it's not fair. It's, it's no one wants that burden. That's certainly not uh, fun to come to work to and have that feeling every day. So couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, yeah, I guess that's mostly it. I mean, I, i you kind of brought up the integration symposium anyway. How did you find out about the integration symposium? What, uh, how did, uh, how did that work for you?
2: Um, well, I mean, funny story. <laughs> um, I had actually just posted my emotional anatomy course, um, the day before. Um, it's like a Wednesday or something. And I came into work the next morning and I was just, you know, in my office kind of thinking to myself, like, Hmm, I wonder if I could like run a symposium one day. I had no idea the symposium was going on by the way. I'm just thinking in my head, I wonder, you know, maybe I could do a symposium. I'd love to connect with more osteopaths. I'd, I'd love to just learn with other osteos. It'd be really cool if there was a lot of stuff on mindset in it, thinking about all these things. And I sat down for lunch that day and I had an email from Sharmila who had just seen my ad for my emotional anatomy course. And um, she was like, this looks amazing. Will you be um, our closing speaker? And it was I I was like oh okay universe great (laughs) I'm here for this I'm totally here for this so um yeah it just came to fruition like that so she had contacted me um Sharmila and I did go to school together a number of years ago so I had the privilege of knowing her then and and she's one of the coordinators of the event so um I knew that if she was running it that she you know, she does great things. So it was, it was an absolute honor uh, to be asked to join. And then when I saw the lineup, I was like, oh, this is so cool. It's literally everything that I would want to learn at a symposium. And it's got, I love that you guys were there when talking about the mindset piece. Um, So I was super excited to see that because I do think it's really missing from our field. I think that sure, you can take lots of courses on someone telling you that they have like the be all and end all technique but i mean at the end of the day if you're not them you're not going to get the same results so um i'm really about you know working with exactly what you have exactly who you are and finding what works best for you and and uh seeing other um other professionals in the field also wanting to put that out there is really exciting because i think this is how we grow as a community and and as i healthcare service, like, and how we can really shape and change how our, our patients heal and like ultimately how our communities are functioning and healing. So.
1: Well said, couldn't agree more. Awesome. Well, listen, thanks. Thanks so much for joining this afternoon. Um, it, I knew it'd go very well from our brief call we had the other day. Your, uh, uh, your energy is amazing and it easily, uh, comes through. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, obviously well, we look forward to seeing you coming up in October, which is like ridiculous Let's around say. the corner, close to now, right? It's crazy. Oh,
2: close. Way close. <laughs>
1: um, so thanks again, Jean-Viev. Um, How can people get in touch with you. Yes. How can they find you?
2: Yeah. So my clinic name is Full Circle Health Network. So the website is fchn.ca. My personal site is GenevieveZizzo.com. And that has more of my courses, um, mentoring and uh, retreats. I run retreats as well. So um, both for practitioners and, and uh, for the public. So um, that's my personal site and our, and our podcast is on there as well. My, my clinic has a podcast called healing better with full circle. So uh, those are, there are a couple of different ways. Um, and we're also on Instagram and Facebook.
0: Awesome. We'll put links in the show notes for everyone. Uh, yes. We're excited to, to meet you in person and to listen to your talk. It's going to be so fun. Um, and I think. Jason just said there's a bit of an after after party as well, where we can all get together and and uh, and share and connect and and uh, and yeah, maybe have a little little spirits together. So <laughs> that'll be. fun. I already
2: have the hotel booked. <laughs> I'm gonna have a great time. <laughs> oh, looking forward to it.
0: So thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Osteo Connection—you can find us here each week. Friday, we go uh, live each, or we drop our episode each week. You can find us anywhere on uh, where the podcasts are available, uh, and Osteo Connection on Instagram. So we look forward to hearing from you. If you have any questions or comments, if you guys need to get in touch with uh, Geneviève, do not hesitate. You can reach out to us, and we'll point you in in uh, her direction. So thanks so much again, and uh, we look forward to seeing you uh, at the symposium, October twenty second. Integration Symposium. Uh, you can Steeltown, yeah, in Steeltown, Ham- Hamilton. So <laughs> you know they're still accepting uh, applications. So Google Integration Symposium 2023, and we'll have links to in our show notes. Thanks so much.
1: All right, take care, everybody.
0: Thanks for checking out this episode. We hope you learned something,
1: or not. And if you haven't already, subscribe here to the Osteo Connection wherever you're
0: listening. And hey, it would mean the world to us if you would rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. And if you're still listening at this point, thanks, Mom. And if you're offended how much we've made fun of Jason, tune in next week and be sure to share with a friend.